Thanks for tuning in to Farmer Theologian, a podcast designed to help you build deeply rooted practical theology. Let's get to work. All right, friends, welcome to a new episode of Farmer Theologian. Thank you for tuning in. Episode 28. In some ways, I'm kind of amazed we've made it this far, but I'm thankful for you. Dear listener, thankful for your support, especially for those of you who have left ratings or reviews. Uh, if you want some simple ways to help out this podcast, um, very simple. Subscribe. That's probably the main way so you get the updates. Um, feel free to leave us a review. And probably the best way that you can help the podcast content circulate further is to share on social media. So take some time. If this episode is a blessing to you to share it on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, wherever you do your social media, um, that would be a great blessing and great help to us. All right, let's jump right into today's topic, the cage stage. Dun, dun, dun. I feel like I should have dramatic music here. Maybe if I was part of one of those cool networks with the uh, editor and, and producer, I could drop in some music. I, I secretly envy my friends Daryl and Virgil and their podcast because they have somebody to drop in ham and B3 moments. I'm not a ham and B3 guy. I'm not qualified for such a cool sound effect, but maybe some sound effects could be cool. I feel like today would be a day to have sound effects because we're discussing the cage stage. Simply put, the cage stage, what is the cage stage? Maybe you're not familiar. Well, for most people, they are familiar with it uh, directly applied to Calvinists. But really, the idea of the cage stage is that when people are newly embracing a hard truth or a hard doctrine, they need to be put in a cage for a while so that they can learn how to be kind to people, or at least, the very least, not a total jerk to people in how they communicate that doctrine. As I mentioned, it's most often uh, put or applied to Calvinists. You'll hear people, in fact, there are whole uh, brands devoted to selling stickers and t-shirts about being a cage stage Calvinist or not being a cage stage Calvinist. Um, so that's where it's mostly applied. But I think as we'll see today, as we discuss this, um, it maybe can and should be applied to some various areas. So first, I want to answer the question, is the cage stage biblical? Well, to put it simply, to actually put people in a literal physical cage, no, that would not be biblical. But is the presence of what we call the cage stage um, a biblical concept? And in some ways, I would say yes. I want to reference a lot of scriptures today, and so I'd encourage you to maybe jot these down if you're able to while you're listening, or maybe revisit this podcast when you have time and look through these scriptures. Um, But I do want to kind of make a biblical case for there's uh, appropriate for what we call the cage stage, but what I would just say is a, a stage in your life where you need to be cautious about true and right doctrine and how you handle it. Uh, the first scripture I would reference you to is 1 Corinthians chapter 8, verse 1, which tells us that knowledge puffs up. And specifically, it's contrasting there a simplicity of knowledge to love and, and a harsh use of knowledge to love. To have knowledge but not wisdom or not love is a prideful thing, and pride in every area is dangerous, even pride in how we handle true and accurate doctrine. Uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 13 goes on to say that if I have the gift of prophecy and all faith and all knowledge yet with amount and without love, I am nothing. So it shows this idea of having knowledge and having even extreme knowledge there. I think he's using hyperbole there to say all knowledge, but without love, it, it really merits me nothing. It is worth nothing. And of course we know, and I think probably the biggest thing that would make me uh, think there's a biblical case for what we 
often jokingly referred to as a cage stage, is the warning in James chapter 3, verse 1 and 2, that not many should become teachers, knowing that we will incur a stricter judgment and that we all stumble in many ways. That is a, a great warning. If you want a, a sermon to hear about that, you can check out our church's website, Grace Community Baptist Church in Elgin, Texas, or our YouTube channel. Our associate pastor, James, just preached on that topic uh, this past Sunday uh, did a great job on explaining that warning there. It is a weighty thing to be a teacher of God's word in an official capacity or in an unofficial capacity. And so when you newly come to a hard doctrine in particular or a, or a doctrine that has broad implications on your life or on those that you're planning to speak to about it, you should be cautious about being a teacher, assuming the role of a teacher uh, before you're ready. Of course, First Timothy chapter 3 warns us that elders should not be new converts. And in fact, First Timothy 5 says it even more strongly, says to not lay hands on a man too hastily lest you participate in his sin. I think all of these are warnings to see the task and the, the function of being a teacher or being an elder as a weighty thing that should not be taken lightly, that should not be engaged in too quickly. And I think we can apply the general principle of those. Those are, of course, specifically talking to a specific role of an elder in the church. But I think we could also apply the general principle that's behind those to how we interact with people and teach them or talk to them about doctrine that we have newly embraced, particularly harder doctrines or more difficult doctrines. The last scripture I would reference for you is Ephesians 4.14, which speaks about being driven by the winds of doctrine. And I think this is particularly applicable to what we call the cage stage. I think if we're too quick, even if we're right on doctrine, if we're too quick to speak about things and speak hastily about things that we newly have embraced, when we haven't yet set in firm convictions, then it can lead us to be incautious, uh, unkind, unloving, and maybe even speak in haste on something that we're going to change our mind on soon. So don't don't speak too quickly about a doctrine that you've newly embraced until you're sure you fully understand it and are not just being driven by the winds of doctrine. You can be driven by the winds of doctrine even in right directions, but we need to be settled in our convictions, to have really thought them through, and to be wise in how we understand them. So I think when we put all these things together, there are some biblical reasons to be cautious about what is commonly referred to as the cage stage. And I'll I'll give this in kind of three ways. First, I think we need to be cautious when we embrace these difficult doctrines or doctrines that are really strong, really broadly applicable. We need to make sure that we give time to go from knowledge to wisdom. To have knowledge of facts is one thing, but to have wisdom in how to understand and apply those facts to our own lives in particular, but also to the lives of others, is a different thing. It's not enough just to have knowledge. We need to seek to grow in wisdom. My favorite verse in the Bible is Ezra 7.10, where it talks about Ezra setting his heart to study the law of the Lord, to practice it, and then to teach it. And I think that order is clear. We need to study well the doctrine we know, and we need to make sure we're wisely practicing it and applying it in our own lives before we go about teaching it to others, lest we fall victim to being too hasty and not really understanding and wisely applying and teaching that doctrine. So we need time first to go from knowledge to wisdom. 
Second, we need time to grow in our understanding so much so that we develop true convictions. And again, this points back to this idea of not being driven quickly or easily by the winds of doctrine. Oftentimes, people will embrace doctrines that they have maybe seen a, a, a powerful teacher on or a charismatic teacher on, and I don't mean charismatic in the theological sense, but someone who's a good, convincing teacher. And then they go about proclaiming that doctrine as if there's no questions on it, and then they hear another charismatic teacher on an opposing point of view, and they've quickly switched their doctrine. And that that can be difficult for those that they uh, have influence on to say, man, like, it seems like they changed overnight. That alone should cause us to be cautious, not not to hide truth, not to hedge the truth, but to make sure we truly understand the truth and have deeply held convictions before we go about proclaiming and, and, and passionately teaching that truth. So we need time to go from knowledge to wisdom. We need time to develop understanding and true convictions. And third, we need to grow in our ability to speak the truth in love. Scripture puts these two together, and I don't think they're opposed. I think a lot of times people uh, speak to them as though they're opposing things. No, I think they go hand in hand or hand in glove. We need to speak the truth in love, but we need to grow in our ability to do that. We can't assume pridefully that just because we've suddenly embraced a truth that we know how to lovingly speak it to others. We need to grow in our ability to understand that, and so that ought to lead us to be cautious about how we speak and when we speak and how quickly we speak on areas that we're newly come to an understanding of. So let me sum those up again. Reasons to be cautious about the so-called cage stage. One, we need time to grow from knowledge to wisdom. Second, we need time to grow in our understanding and develop true convictions. And third, we need time to grow in our ability to speak the truth in love. Now, having said that, what are doctrines that uh, we're maybe particularly susceptible to not understanding that we we are in the cage stage, um, or that may be susceptible to, that we need to be extra cautious about. I've come up with three of them. One of them is obvious. Again, it's the one that is most commonly associated with what we call the cage stage, and that is Calvinism. When you come to an understanding of the sovereignty of God in election or the sovereignty of God in salvation, you need to be careful in how you deal with this. You need to understand that this is, as it was for you, it is for other people a really foundation-shifting doctrine. And so we want to be careful and patient with others as we explain it to them. We want to be kind and gracious as we explain it to them. We don't want to seem prideful and puffed up when we talk about election. As I've said many a times uh, from my own pulpit and, and had to preach to my own self many a times, if we can articulate the doctrines of grace but not be gracious in doing so, then I'm not convinced we truly understand the doctrines of grace. So let us be cautious about not speaking the truth about Calvinism. I think it is true, so I want to I speak that truth, but I want to make sure I do so with love and care and wisdom and gentleness that is appropriate and that shows a true understanding of those doctrines. So the first would be Calvinism. Second, biblical counseling. I think this is, um, and really with all these three that I'm going to mention, Calvinism, biblical counseling, and the third one is eschatology, spoiler alert. With all these things, I think they're, they're important doctrines. And I think they're in doctrines that we should talk about, that we shouldn't avoid. But they are places that 
you know, we need to be careful about. I am firmly convinced that the best approach to counseling is true biblical counseling, or you might have heard it called nuthetic counseling. I believe scripture is sufficient for all that we need for life and godliness. I wholeheartedly affirm that. And still, I think sometimes when people come to that understanding of biblical counseling and maybe even get training on biblical counseling so they have the the general skills, they need to be careful not to be a hammer always looking for a nail. Because sometimes you might find a nail, sometimes you might hit a puppy. You don't want to do that. You want to be careful when you come to biblical counseling to understand that, yes, Scripture is sufficient, and that same sufficient Scripture calls for us to speak to people who are in sin with a spirit of gentleness, seeking to restore them, who calls us again to speak the truth in love. And so, yes, scripture is sufficient. Yes, I believe biblical counseling is the best way to counsel people. And still, especially when we're newly convinced of that and newly um, converted to that view and inexperienced in the actual uh, art of pastoral counseling itself, we need to be careful. We need to be cautious to make sure we're not getting ahead of ourselves and being uh, ungentle and unkind with how we speak those truths. So Calvinism, biblical counseling, and then the third area that I think is important for us to be cautious about the cage stage is eschatology. Eschatology is an important doctrine. I think it shouldn't be avoided as much as the church does avoid it today, but it is a doctrine that uh, we need to be careful, especially when we're newly converted to an understanding of eschatology, that we truly understand it. And I think this is particularly an area where we need to be careful of not being driven by the winds of doctrine. Uh, it's it's often easy to tell who is newly converted to their view of eschatology because they tend to be the loudest, the most critical of other views, and really the least honest in their representation of other views because they don't fully understand their own yet. So this is a particular area where I think we should care about eschatology. We should want to study it deeply. We should want to study scripture and come to a scriptural understanding of eschatology. But it's a particular area where we need to make sure that we give ourselves time to go from knowledge to wisdom, from understanding or develop a deep understanding and true convictions, and to be careful that we are speaking the truth in love. Because I've seen many a friendships, many a close relationships needlessly ended over the area of eschatology. I've also seen friendships that are two people who are uh, deeply divided on eschatology, who have great, even passionate debates about it, and spur one another on to love and good deeds through those great, even passionate debates. So here's three areas that I think we need to be particularly mindful of the cage stage, that is Calvinism, or you might say the doctrines of grace, biblical counseling, and eschatology. Well, friend, if you want to look further in how to study this and how to avoid the cage stage yourself, or maybe get yourself out of the cage stage, let me recommend a book by Alex Strauch called Leading with Love. I think it is the best book I've maybe ever read on leadership. It examines the principles there of 1 Corinthians 13 and how that specifically applies to leadership. 1 Corinthians 13, the love chapter is not about romantic love, but it's about exercising gifts within the church. And so it's a great resource for how to exercise particularly teaching and counseling others through the lens of what we're called to do in terms of loving one another. So I can't recommend that book. Again, I can't recommend it highly enough. Again, the book is Leading with Love by Alex Strauch. If you want to get yourself out of the cage stage, let me recommend get that book and meditate deeply 
on what it says, particularly with regard to how you talk about these hard doctrines. Well, friend, that's it. I hope this message has, or this lesson, this podcast episode, I'll get to the right thing, has been encouraging to you. Thank you again for tuning in. I pray this podcast is a continual encouragement to you as we all continue to build deeply rooted practical theology.